Welcome back to City on a Hill Gaming, a tabletop RPG actual play podcast. To find out more, visit us online at cityonahillgaming.com or follow us on Twitter at City on a Hill Game. We hope you enjoy our show. You three, however, have an appointment. There is an observation tower slash office tower here. Uh, it has sort of a look of an old Terran air traffic control center, but significantly larger, um, which makes some sense as the headquarters of a shipping conglomerate. AMD Logical Transport, you know, is not especially large, but they are important out here, certainly important enough to have the ear of the coalition government here on Zagreus IV at the very least, and probably further beyond. There's a ride up a lift. And as you open up, you see uh, there's a well-appointed office at the top and a gentleman behind a desk. Uh, you can see his picture here in our NPCs tab as well. This is apparently an uplifted bird, some sort of fowl perhaps, species, perhaps. But uh, surprisingly human, dressed in robes, an older-looking male, sitting behind a desk. He looks up at you. Ah, you've arrived. Good. You three come here. I need you to uh, start investigating this immediately. What have you got? How much do you know about uh, shipping and uh, delivery uh, out here in the on the frontiers of this sector? As little as possible. About as much as you could expect somebody who used to be attached to an anti-piracy task force to know. Good, good. Well, you understand that much at least. You all know, of course, this is a this is a universe without faster than light communication. Uh, as a result, ships travel at faster than light speeds. They tend to bear messages. Uh, RMD Logical Transport's business is shipping, but a large part of what they ship is mail. Essentially, they have stagecoach ships. One of our coach ships has gone missing. Not sure what happened. We didn't get any sort of distress message from uh, any of the usual drones. We need you to go find it. It's out in the, well, I'll give you the, man, the usual route information, but <sighs> needs to be done. Manned or automated? A uh, small compliment of crew. One's going, uh, they, they do a few hops and then trade off get a bit of leave and then try to uh the next time another coach ship comes around they pilot it a bit they sort of rotate through you know how it goes so it isn't just cargo uh, the, recovery the, the, no no not cargo so recovery. it's using the pony express uh model change out yes. riders every so so often fundamentally yes yeah. it's not the uh most glamorous assignment but it is important as i'm sure you know some of these uh, more distant outposts that we're the only route that delivers anything to them and they see us once every six months is there enough of value to bother uh, stealing it depends what you find valuable ships are mostly messages but of course some of those messages are sensitive data encrypted some of it is government information terraforming uh, statistics um, meteorological economic data the sort of thing that is important if not exactly glamorous but not the kind of some thing of it, of course, is business about. information. 
Well, it depends if uh, you think intercepting business communications and plans is of importance. Some folks might. But of course, if you're willing to pay for it, we do deliver small, expensive items that uh, can't wait for bespoke shipping. So certainly possible. Mm. That said, well, here, take a look at this. And he hands over a data pad with uh, what you recognize is a ship manifest on it. The potential, I suppose, that something odd happened with the ship, but right now I don't really care. I just want it back in as, uh, with as many pieces of it as you can find and whatever cargo you can retain. If you can't get it back to yourselves, at least mark it, know where it is. We'll get a crew sent out to get her fixed back up and limp her home. Assuming, and I suppose of course, it goes that, without saying that speaking of crew, the crew on here is very high in the priority list of yes, to recover. Yes, saying, obviously. Does anything stand Alistair out on the data pad? a little tiny, like, half smile, like, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you're looking for information? That sounds like you should roll me a scope it out roll. So this is our first roll of the, se- of, of the session here. Roll me 2d6. Okay. And in this case, you're going to add calculating. Yay. That's the approach that's used with scope it out. Uh, so I want to do 2d6, and then my calculating is 2? Yep. Okay. Um, so that is a 9. A 9. Okay, you're right in that 7 to 9 range. So there's a list of questions on the scope it out roll. You can see that uh, on your moves list in the character keeper, basic moves. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, it is uh, one of the exploration moves. First one. I uh, may not have scrolled far enough yet. Okay, wait, hold on. Uh, the tabs are cruise, ship, and basic moves. E- oh, basic Fort- moves. Okay, I was on the other one. Um, yep. Scope it out. Okay. Yes. There's a list of questions there. Seven to nine, your perception is a little dull. Ask one of these questions. What should I be on the lookout for? You should be on the lookout for something that's on the manifest that's unusual or something that's on the manifest that didn't actually make it onto the ship. Okay. Now what? Out of out of character now what? Sorry. That yeah, that's that's your information. Hmm. So what do I find when I look at the manifest then? Well that that's what sorry. Uh I I may not have I'm sorry. I'm not being clear here. Uh because that, that's on me. I'm this is one of the I think the second time I've tried to run a PBTA game, so I'm a little fuzzy about some of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're occasionally fine. myself. You're fine. I apologize. Yeah. So what are you on the lookout for? I would say in particular, yeah, so I need to be more specific about that, and that's on me. You're studying the manifest. One thing that stands out to you, looking at the cargo and looking at the ratings for the ship, there is more cargo listed as being loaded than you think that ship can hold. Is there something specific I could point out that shows like a weight discrepancy? You would guess. Well, and I mean, literally, is there something I could point out to like? Well, I'm going to say this. You can very easily say, hey, I think there might be a weight discrepancy and ask for, you know, uh, information about takeoff, the, the technical details of the takeoff, the sort of stuff that's logged as they. I want to actually point it out to Alistair before I say anything to the guy. Gotcha. So, like, is there something on the data pad I can just, like, point at? Um, at this point, probably not one specific thing, but okay. certainly the sum total looks like more than what you think this ship 
could have fit in its holes. Okay, so I just I I tap him on the specifically, shoulder. Specifically, actually, you know what? I'll be more specific than that. You think there's one extra rack of data storage units. Okay, so I I tap Alistair on the shoulder and I point at the sum total number on the bottom, and then I point at the one extra rack and just shake my head. Alistair will give kind of like, an outside observer probably wouldn't notice this, but like a flash of surprise goes across his face. Like, you can see that he doesn't think that's right either. <laughs> he gets a, he clamps it down really fast, but you uh, you know that you got the message through. He kind of gives you a quick, meaningful look and then kind of glances back and resumes his usual kind of stoic look. <laughs> I, I point at specifically that item on the data pad and I turn it towards uh, Santiago. Where is this headed? It's headed, oh, to, it starts its route to remote system. Um, this whole sector, of course, has uh, Greek names. It's uh, Eocanthus is the system. There's uh, two small settlements in that system, if I recall correctly. This is more weight than the ship can hold. Really? Yes. Significantly. Well, oh. significantly enough. Sounds to me, then, like you ought to start talking to some stevedores. So what now? Stevedores. The People that load, load the ship. Oh, yeah, load and okay. unload cargo off Gotcha. Where do we find them? Turns around in his chair, points down there. We move them around to, you know, from uh, dock to dock, depending on what ships are in. But uh, speak with the dock uh, head. He should be able to give you a manifest of who was working. Then find you a few folks to talk to. May I keep the data pad? Yes, yes, absolutely. Thank you. She keeps a satchel. It goes in the satchel, like messenger bag style. Good. Good. He sort of pokes the waddles that hang down beside his cheeks or caresses them. Understand, of course, uh, we're not an enormous outfit here, not like some of the big shipping conglomerates further in towards Terra, but the loss of this ship is significant. If it can be recovered, if its crew can be recovered, if its cargo can be recovered, it'll save me and the Coalition... A great deal. And those systems, those settlements out there, they depend on us. I don't have to tell you how important communications, vital supplies, vital data is. We make that possible. We certainly do not. That means this, I want to, I'd like it if you would treat this as a priority. How long had they been gone when you lost contact? Tough to say. Um, We... We talking hours or days? Days, not not weeks. So early in their run. Yes, they you know make one or two stopovers just to, uh, you know, they they can only go so far in a jump. It's not a we don't we have cargo ship engines, not you know fancy military ones. How uh... right? And you've also got I would assume like a um a star chart of like the usual route that they would stop. Yes, specifically yes, to refuel along the way. And of course, uh, we'll it definitely should be on the data pad as well. We and of course, I'll oh, transmit that to your okay. ship navigator. How many days ago? Ooh, six. Was last contact? Oh, last contact. But we don't expect regular contact from. Them. How often do they typically contact you? 
Odyssey, usually when they reach uh, reach their destination, they have emergency beacons. None of those were activated you know, along the way. Uh, we just were notified by a uh, <clears throat> priority messenger drone, one of the more expensive ones that that colony uh, on Aeocanthus has, notified that the uh, the ship was overdue by two days. And that was six days ago. Yes, exactly. Interesting. Well, yes, six days. Okay. You understand, of course, that that means that coalition navies had you move. You know, was notified within four days. Here, this is a this is a big deal. Fair enough. He right. puffs you, up. You a gave them bit. enough time to be late, but not so much that this has gone totally cold. I understand. Precisely. Doesn't you know? If if I might, uh, not intending any offense here um how much do you have in the way of black market and smuggling going on under that obviously not official um and not authorized but any transportation of goods tends to be target of smugglers have you do you have have you been aware of Anything like that. You, you see him bristle a bit before he actually catches your meaning. And um, no offense. And I mean no offense no, to your, you. Your internal investigations, have they turned up anything lately? I think is what my colleague yes. is trying to... Well, I certainly don't know of any. I haven't heard of any. But I'll have my people ask around about it. Yeah, because sometimes like... <laughs> Here's a hint. We've... I'm currently talking to my people. Hmm. Ah, fair enough. Okay, so you don't have a much like in the way of internal reports about previous smuggling that you folks have caught people trying to slip onto your ships and oh, it's happened sort of once because that happens once or twice a year. But we uh, we make sure those folks don't work for us or anybody we know. Fuel is expensive. It's a lot more expensive than the reward we get for turning them in. Don't like that sort of thing. Fair. You you run a tight ship and you've managed to keep the black marketers out. I can respect that. Um, as far as I know, of course. Right. The really professional ones are hard to catch. And yeah, yeah. Either of you have anything else that you want to ask? I'd like to start talking to a couple of folks back on the ship and see if we can figure out our next course of action here. This definitely sounds like something we need to get on right away. I want to talk Tell to what, a doctor. What I master. do want to do is, um, Trevor, since you're, uh, you know, you've been negotiating with him, trying to, you know, kind of scope, setting out the terms of this contract that here, I would like you to make me a roll. And here you're rolling with disposition, which in this case is a zero. So just give me a straight 2d6 roll. This is the negotiate terms move. That's an eight. Eight. Okay. Um, excellent. Yeah, I think we'll just sort of uh, background this at some point here. You've you've been talking with him enough. You've earned his trust a little bit. When it becomes relevant, you'll have some back in, background information that he's told you. A little extra something that you've yeah. been able to kind of pull out of him as you've talked with him. Santiago waves at you. All right. Get down there, talk to them, and then get out there and find my ship. 
Will do. Good. Jackson. He yells into a mic, a uh, desk microphone. He's already dismissed you. He's done. He's he's talking to somebody else. Okay, so um, we're gonna walk out into the the hallway, and um, Alistair look at the other ones. It's like. So do we want to go and talk to the stevedores as ourselves, or do we want to try and blend in and see what we can find out that way? Blend I first. I can see pros and cons of both. All right. I think I've got a suit of greasy coveralls in a locker someplace that I can grab. She looks at what she always wears. <laughs> you have somebody very good at this, in fact. So it's, say, I... yeah. Yeah, well, if you guys want to take face, I will try to go unnoticed and see what I can hear, see what I can see. It's worth noticing that, like, Alistair does not blend. <laughs> Alistair is like a six foot four. 50 something guy with a beard that reaches down to about the middle of his chest and like long hair that comes down like to right between his shoulder blades. Um, he is kind of, you know, this independent contractor thing that we do where we still have some rank, but we're not actually part of the military. He has taken advantage of this to grow a lot of hair and a lot of beard. And so he is big and he is obvious. Mood. <clears throat> well, I'm pretty sure the military level prosthetics mean Chiana sticks out a little bit too. Yeah, you can just stick those under some sleeves though. Yeah. I mean, that's what Trevor and does. Loves. Fair. Uh, yep. All right. So you've got people to ask. Now's probably a good time to start. Stevedore's uh, here. Uh, you know, they work up and down the docks. Uh, ships are coming and going with some regularity, and the ships that arrive tend to be pretty large cargo ships or feeder ships for those large cargo ships. So there's a fair bit of activity going on, but that also means that there's shifts of people that work. These are pretty close to 24-hour docks, and that means there's lots of folks off-duty and hangouts for those off-duty kind of all around the dock area. Does our ship this does the ship we're looking for have a name? Yes. It's the Glacial uh, it's the Glacialis. Glacialis. Okay. Glacialis. Uh it's got two sister ships, incidentally, the Mysticetus and the Musculus, all named after scientific names of whales, a very specific and odd choice, but intriguing. That's apparently how he rolls. Uh so I I have a suggestion for how we approach this. Um I say we come in, um, we uh, transfer, you know, things to another data pad if we need to or whatever to fit in a little bit better. But we basically approach somebody who would be in charge of loading something like this and approach them with like whatever we think looks the most suspicious. You know, like I want to make sure that this made it onto the, you know, the ship. I need like oh, the like we're verifying stuff like that, and okay, yeah, exactly, because it's like you know we're we're hearing like that there might be 
some kind of an issue with the the shipment and like the client is going to be very nervous and we might need to be dealing with a lot of insurance paperwork and do we want to stick with the one of, he gave us because it's corporate the data pad we can we 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 what we might want to do is transfer it to a slightly more scuffed and dinged mm, data mm-hmm, pad mm-hmm, so it looks mm-hmm. like something used in you know the actual yeah. um everyday you have so, so these duties yeah what i will suggest Remember, we're doing this as a, a very narrative style of game. You can plan this all out, or you can simply say, all right, this is how I'm doing it. And those things are established, and we run with them. And that's cool. And I think transfer is a good choice, yeah. to be fair. But, like, um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of like, I, I don't have a telepathic link with my fellow players here. No, so of course not. I kind of, you know. Some of this is kind of in character too. Sure. So Trevor's going to be uh, hanging back from you two as we get closer and keeping an eye out and like basically scoping out for, as you mentioned, the greasy coveralls, um, any lockers or uh, uh, supply room uh, to get a costume change, essentially, of what the. I know they're not stevedores, but that's what my brain keeps saying. Mm-hmm. Is that what are they called? No, the loaders. Was, no, it's stevedores. Yeah, stevedores. Yeah. stevedores. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah. So like basically, whatever the stevedores have been wearing or what we've seen them wearing, he's gonna look for that kind of an outfit. So un- unmanned. If you're looking for one of these, I think this may be an opportunity to use one of your hooks. You're addicted to adrenaline. You take risks just for the thrill of it. Sure, you could grab, you know, just a pair lying around, or you make sure to steal just the right pair from, you know, from a locker, right in the middle of the locker room. Who would notice? Walk in. I like that. So Um, what this is, what this will be, I'm going to say that this is a keep your cool role. It's because that sounds like what you're doing. You're keeping your cool under pressure. Right? And that, that's a cool. role with, okay. that's a role with stalwart. Ugh. But and this is this is your choice. Okay, yeah. I want to be clear about this. Because what we're really activating here is your hooked move, the, the universal move, which is one of your hooks is coming into play. Now, this is a good thing because when you at the end of the session, if one of your hooks applied and affected the story, you get an XP for it. Right. That's great. Also, you get an XP when you fail a roll. And when a hook applies, if you choose to let it apply, you roll with disadvantage. Right. Because you're doing something that maybe isn't ideal, but is part of your character. Right. Okay. But you always, as a player, have an op- have the option to say, no, that's not applying in this case. And in that case, you tell us, why it doesn't apply, how you overcome, ignore, avoid the temptation that that hook provides or the the dramatic entanglement of that hook. So it is always your choice. No, I'm definitely, I, I, I am liking the, like, just walk in. And that's kind of what I was thinking. Um, and I liked adding the hook to it. Um, just walking in and it's like walking to the locker room. You walk by, you grab the so you see the one uh, locker that's kind of swung open a little bit to guess the guys in the shower or mm-hmm. not in the room. You just walk through the middle of the room, hook, pull it off the hook and keep going. 
Great. All through. right, so roll me, uh, a, roll with Stalwart. So that is a three. Quantity. 3d6. Oh, sorry. You're going to keep the lowest two, and your Stalwart rating is a zero. Uh, how do you have it? Does it keep, or do we just, we'll we just look at it as we go? Okay. We'll just look at it. Um, and my Stalwart is a zero. So yep. straight roll. Here we go. Let's see what happens. Three, three, and three. I got three, three, three and three. Cool. Well, that makes the math easy. That's a six. <laughs> so go ahead and mark one XP. One XP. Yep. Just check that off. Do that now. Done. All right. So you go in, see a locker, saunter up to that locker. And when you turn around, there's three burly looking fellows, one of whom is you are pretty sure descended from some sort of uplifted barracuda with their arms crossed surrounding you and blocking you in. I haven't seen you around here before and I know that you aren't Drogo. This is That's Drogo's locker. This is locker seven, right? Oh, this is, no, this isn't. I, I'm in the wrong room. I was looking yeah. at locker seven. I you just got assigned it, room. and I'm trying to find the right one. Sorry. You are in the wrong room, buddy. What do you want around here? I was looking, just like I said, I got a, assigned a new locker, and I'm just trying to figure out which one's the right one. I think I took a, a wrong left uh, when I should have taken a right. Um, we don't take kindly to thieves. I oh, see no. you around here again. It's going to be trouble. I mean, I, I started Thursday, so I'm probably going to you're going to see me around eventually. Yeah, we'll see. We'll Maybe see. Maybe we can me, meet up for a, a coffee and a scone in the break room later. Friend, I don't think you want me to meet you up later. Okay. Get out of here. You have a good day. <laughs> just... They part just enough that you can squeeze through if you like. Yeah, just like squeeze through, like what? Keep like an eye on him, and kind of do the glance over and pat the guy on the shoulder as I walk past him, and just keep walking. Yeah, he he acts like he's going to swing at you before his buddies are like, no, 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 not worth it. So, the problem now is you may have a little trouble staying anonymous around here. That's why I also didn't want to be anywhere near them when this happened. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But we cut back to Alistair and Shiana, who are, I assume, currently being nebbish. Being the <laughs> well, you see, this uh this doesn't quite add up, that sort of thing. Or is there a different approach you're you're going with here? What's what's the plan on your end of things? Um, no, it's it's one of those things where it's like I'll, I'll find somebody who would kind of be in charge of things and be like, look, there's clearly an error in this paperwork. Like we've got, you know, four pounds of stuff in a three pound ship. Like all of this must have shipped out. Just help me figure out which one didn't get on the ship so we can recover it and bring it back to HQ and get it on the next ship because obviously this doesn't fit. So like, and just like no, no thought of anything 
ver- visually or ah, not putting forth like any kind of suspicion or anything just like no 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 nobody did anything shady here just like obviously somebody screwed up i don't care i'm not here to assign blame i just need to fix the problem very persistently <laughs> okay so you're asking around are you how what's what's the approach you're using in in more general terms it sounds like this is sounding like maybe manipulate um let me let me i mean you're using charm to try and get information or are you scoping it out it sounds maybe a little you could i would let you kind of roll either way scope it out because you're you're gathering information or manipulate this this doesn't sound like intimidate here no it's definitely not like (laughs) that's uh any any of that that happens will be incidental in this particular case sure i mean it's I mean, it's up to you. It is entirely up to you. Um, well, it's gonna it's gonna be the same role for me because I've got a, a zero sure. modifier to both of those. No, of course, but it does affect the fiction a little bit, right? And that's kind of what I'm trying to figure out. Um, I I think I think we're gonna go with manipulate because I'm doing this socially as opposed to just like sifting through records and stuff. Okay. So that Great. is so that's slick. yeah. Yep, you're rolling with slick, which is a zero for you. This is a straight 2d6 roll again. That's another nine. Perfect. Okay. So you ask around, find, you know, okay, well, there's that. What you end up finding is that while the manifest says, sure, you know, all this stuff was loaded, you're pretty, you're, you find someone who swears uh, after a couple of drinks that one of the units uh, one of the data units didn't make it onto the ship and was sold off. There wasn't, there wasn't room for it. So what are they going to do with it? Leave it there to obviously be, you know, not loaded on or make some money on it on the side. Who would even buy something like that though? Like kind of, kind of incredulous, you know, kind of a, an approach, like somebody would just buy one of those sight unseen. Maybe not sight unseen, but you know, it, it, they're the kind of you know they're big racks of data stores. These are essentially server room racks for all intents and purposes, right? Big box yeah, of but I disc. Mean, they're so specialized. I mean, it's well, the, yes and no. We're talking about just large amounts of data storage. Break that down. You could sell it off. Now, is this yeah, filled storage or empty storage? Filled. <laughs> That's a fantastic question, isn't it? Oh. All right. Well, I mean, fair. Who even buys that kind of stuff, though? Like, is there like a marketplace for that, or uh, do you guys have a regular a... guy, or I don't. But and he gives you a name. Uh, there's a uh, look. I'm pretty sure the guy and uh, one of my buddies is on the shift that was loading that thing. All right, and this, well, listen, my buddy's name over there. Dan, Dan Forsyth. It's uh, he's on third shift over on EDOC, I think, if I remember rightly. Uh, right now, track him down. He can tell you what's going on. Okay, all right. Because I mean, like, heck, if there's extra stuff left over, yeah, yeah. like you said. And I'm not going to make you re-roll so- for this. You find Dan, um. Getting ready to go on shift. He's in a, he's in a, um, 
basically sort of company company mess almost you might call it um okay cafeteria style thing you know you ask around a couple people point point him out he's a, a weedy looking fellow uh sitting by himself currently eating all right um are there vending machines around here with sure some... okay i'm gonna go get something that just about everybody likes out of one of the vending machines, some popular sure candy bar or something like that. For the record, he looks like a standard Terran. So okay. perfect. Probably I no also specialized. also a standard Terran. The, the <laughs> nice thing about uh, you know the company mess, to its credit, there's a wide variety of nutritional products available. It, all sorts of interesting things. But in this case, okay. pretty standard earth human fare. All right, so... I'm going to get some kind of weird seafood, um, like something that was cultivated on some alien planet that's like, you know, the crunchy tentacles or something. I don't know. I, and uh, and the uh, candy bar. And I'm going to go like sit down across from him and slide that across at him. I was like, hey, man, um, one of your buddies said that... Uh, you might be able to hook us, hook me up with somebody who can help me get rid of some extra stuff they got left on a dock, and I'll proceed to start eating my weird seafood. Maybe, maybe let's not talk about it here. All right, well, tell you what, I'm just about done. I'm just about done. Why don't you, uh, why don't you meet me outside? All right, I'll. Uh, you know, after you finish your breakfast or yeah, lunch, yeah, maybe breakfast. Dinner yeah. actually weird oh, time on the sh- shift. that shift. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Good. Well, I'll be uh, I'll be just outside across the street. We'll talk there. All right. Sounds good. <clears throat> this is really good, by the way. You should try it the next time you order. I'll keep eating. <laughs> he just gives you a scowl. I'm allergic. Oh, that's unfortunate. That's the my only conversation you I'll get out of him for the rest fork. of this meal. So. <laughs> That's fine. I'll finish eating my weird seafood and I'll uh he I'll sit there and like pretty quickly a little bit of news on my data pad and then kind of casually get up and walk over to where you said to meet him. What kind of what kind of news? What happened? What's going on? Um I'm gonna I'm gonna check the latest esports scores. Fair Figure enough. there's like a galactic esports league. It's still League and, of Legends. Uh, yeah. <laughs> league of Legends V. 9,847. Um, Math's still the same. Yeah, kind of see that like my team lost and kind of how it goes, close the device and like fair enough. Walk over there. The good news is the champion pool is enormous. (laughs) There's nine trillion different characters. (laughs) (laughs) But you still always start red. Oh, yeah, always. You see Dan waiting across the street. He's got kind of behind a build, not behind, but next to a building, kind of in a little bit of an alley here. A um, couple of, you know, th- there's some fair, fair amount of traffic going on. This is a fairly busy area. So there are a number of vehicles. You have to give it a second to cross. And he meets you. He's got his hands in his jacket pocket. All right. Who are you and who told me to come see you? 
Oh, I'm uh, I'm Tim. Um, and I'll I'll give him like something close to the name of his buddy. <laughs> so, um, yeah. All right. What you got? So I got like some of those big data racks that they use. Like there are a couple of those left from the last shipment. Company ordered too many. We tried to give them back. They're just sitting there cluttering up the dock. I want to get rid of these things before my foreman blasts me for leaving the stuff lying around. Do you know somebody who can help me with this? Oh, heck. He takes off running. Ryan, what's Shiana doing? (laughs) I will Um, signal Shiana, who hopefully was holding back and watching this from afar. Specifically, he is running (laughs) down the street alongside traffic. Interesting. Okay. Um, let's look at moves. No, no, don't look at the moves. Tell oh. me what you're doing. Okay, okay, sure, sure, sure. We, um, so this is one of the interesting things about Powered by the Apocalypse games. You're technically not supposed to reference moves. Players aren't even supposed to look at moves necessarily. Oh, it is theoretically, okay. and this doesn't work in practice, but in theory, it is the GM's job to tell you when you have triggered a move and have you roll for it that means having to know all of your moves and all of the basic moves all of the time and recognizing triggers in reality it doesn't work that way right but the idea is just narrate the fiction and when a roll comes up it comes up okay i'm going to i think i don't have a choice based on what i've got on me except to chase after him and hope the bionics right. well, and the legs. Okay, kick in so a let's bit. talk about what you have on you. Let's talk about. Let's talk gear. about gear. You are away from your supplies at the moment, i.e., you're not on board your ship. Right. Okay. You have, as part of your playbook, a few items that you start with. In your case, a pistol, a sniper rifle, a scanner, a shotgun, and a, a little trinket, a strange artifact of unknown purpose. That one is free. Right. Every character starts with three gear slots, okay? But here's the good news. Your character is smart and your character is prepared and your character knows what they're going to need. So what you do is you say, cool, good thing I brought this along. Check off one of your gear slots and declare which item you're using. Uh, okay, I'm going to check off a slot, and I am going to use my scanner. Great. Okay, so check off your scanner, yep. like on the on the left side there, right? Oh, the, right there. That, okay. that says this is the item I've got. And then check okay. off the slot at the bottom. Yep. And so okay. what? Now we have established that you brought along your scanner. How about that? Okay. Um. I, yes, I would like to use my scanner to try and tr- differentiate heat signatures for people. Great. Okay, check off one of the uses on it. Okay. The scanner is kind of an all-purpose tricordery-like device. Okay, it does all sick. sorts of magical, wonderful things. How about that? Um, and yeah, uh, sounds good. You've you're using it. You've got a you've got him differentiated. You uh, what are you doing with that information? Uh, I take off following him, and I motion for Alistair to follow me. Excellent. Okay. Trevor, where are you? I'm going to move like, I'm going to do like the cop thing where I start cutting through some alleys. I'll pull up like a street map on my phone 
and move to intercept this guy from an unexpected side. Okay. Sounds good. Trevor? What are you doing? I am still... No, I'm still here. Um, I'm still trying to get back. I'm trying trying not to identify myself with them. Gotcha. Okay, so you're you're hanging back um, and listening in on... So it's kind of, of milling around. The, sure. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Um, Alistair, you're you're running th- uh, trying to find a, a shortcut here. Yep, sure am. Great. You, you are you're getting your Shiana's providing information about where he is. What do you do? Um, I'm going to intercept this guy and, uh, one of my gear items is a melee weapon. So I'm going to say I've got a shock baton and I'm just going to stun this dude. So, okay. Like he's, he's going to come around a corner and there's going to be an Alistair there. And he's, if this all goes well, he's going to like have his eyes go wide right before I just zap him and he collapses. Okay. Um, stick. Yes. So, just for clarity's sake, the melee weapon that you have here is more like a knife. It's something like that. because, And I say that because there are specifically weapons that have, like, stun as a tag. Um, okay. However, that's just what's on the character sheet. In this case, I'm more than willing to say that. Also, you could probably just tackle this dude. That's fine, too. Right? Well, I um, mean, like... Alistair's enormous, and you didn't describe this guy as very big. I could probably grab the top of his head like Shaq palming a basketball and pick Absolutely. him up. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to say, you you know what? You've got an advantageous position on him. I'm going to let you roll Alpha Strike, which is not something we normally get to roll. It's a roll with calculating. Okay. okay. That's a nine? No. Uh, no, that's my slick roll. Oh, that's a five. Oh, five. Excellent. Um, okay. So mark an XP. All right. And you do, in fact, tackle it. Uh, the problem is, you tag, the way you're uh, going, you tackle him and roll out into traffic. Oh, boy. <laughs> what now? I'll actually try and throw him to safety before getting to it myself. Because I am not here to kill this guy. <laughs> sure, sure, absolutely. Um, give me then an act quick role you're you're using reflexes instincts to avoid a danger or negotiate through danger toward a goal okay uh and this is a role with slick the other thing i would potentially allow you to do it well mm, no i think this is going to be act quick a nine excellent okay you do it great but you choose one of the three options listed. You're off balance or rushed. You have disadvantage going forward. You've left something behind. I tell you what, or you're pushed to your limits. Suffer one stress. Let's go with that last one. Okay, cool. So let's talk about stress. Stress is okay. Mm -hmm. So you have two tracks that you're keeping here. You have your harm track, which, and I say track track is not exactly the right word. Um, You have your harm, which ranges from just a scratch through I'm rattled, I'm hurt bad, I'm knocked out to I can't go on, i.e. I'm dead. But anytime you take harm or would take harm, you can instead take stress, take the same amount of stress. 
neat. You have five stress to absorb. Once your stress track fills up, once you have taken five stress, you clear it and a calamity happens. Now, the calamities are new things that are introduced to the fiction. And what's neat is that the first one is actually good for everybody. So for example, uh, Peter, Alistair's first calamity is a group of comrades arrive to help end a violent conflict before moving on. Neat. We've got new plot that's been introduced. But then there are things like your great war comes to the local sector, or you suffer a terrible wound. Describe what you've lost. And there is the last one that is how your character's story ends. Sometimes it's, in your case, you survive, uh, you know, the enemy in your war corners you with overwhelming odds. You have the last stand and you roll for it. On a 10 plus, you survive, and but you have to return to the front lines. On a seven to nine, you manage to defeat them, but you have terrible wounds. You retire or succumb to your injury shortly afterward. And on a six minus, you're overwhelmed, but you charge a heavy cost for your death. Every character ends in some way. So stress is a great way to absorb harm because, trust me, I can't go on ends your character's story a lot faster. But you do only have so much of it, which is great fun. Now, the good news is one of the things you can spend your uh, money for that you get for completing contracts on is rest and relaxation, which clears your stress track. So there are ways to handle right. it. Uh, and in fact... Um, there's a uh, there are some moves you can do that re relieve a little bit of stress. So that uh, little digression done, you've got one stress marked and one XP marked, and you are barely there. You're you're oof, you're panting a little on the on the sidewalk on the other side of the street. You've managed to to toss this guy over there and dodge away. Not not how you wanted to spend today dodging uh you know hover cars zipping around you but you've got him and you've got yourself over there and he is currently face down on the sidewalk with you know your hand on on his on the scruff of his neck so i'm going to pick him up with the the one arm that i've got kind of like swivel him so he's looking at me make eye contact with him with kind of like a bemused expression on my face and tell him it may not seem like it, but it's your lucky day. I'm not here for you. I'm just here for whoever you guys sold that data rack to. I couldn't care less about you. You tell me who that person is and assuming you don't feed me a line of baloney and I have to come back, you'll never see me again. And that's a very good thing. But, but, Hi, Blairy. <laughs> you, you, you only care about the data rack. Yep. Oh, thank God. Couldn't care less about you. Don't I'm even having... really care what your name is. You are just a clue to me. Oh, I thought you were... Uh, oh, okay. I mean, it's just a, it's just a big empty data rack, but all right. I, I guess that... Wait, guess... it's empty, you say? Yeah. Empty as in only the rack or empty as in no data? Uh, no data on it. Hmm. Look, we... <sighs> Look. Okay, back up. Tell me tell me more of this story. I'm fascinated now. 
All right, look. My you, hand is still you, like clamped on his you see, collar. Right, you, you know, I was on. I was. I was loading the glacialis, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sorry, wrong voice again. Sorry, my my default is always gruff. <laughs> you know, I was on the loading the glacialis. Look, there wasn't all that many messages going out. Not that much data, right? We had, you know, we, normally we don't care where the data goes on there. It's all packed in, but. Somebody, somebody came up to us, me and a couple of buddies, said they wanted to squeeze some extra cargo on and they'd on the ship and they'd pay us extra if, if we got it on there. Well, thing is, cargo wasn't, you know, every once in a while somebody tries to get, you know, crate of whiskey or some specialty item off to, you know, a buddy of theirs and they don't want to pay the normal shipping prices. It's cheaper to pay us sometimes, right? Well, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Sure. I've bought some of that whiskey. Yeah. All right. Good. You know what I'm talking about. Well, here's, here's the funny thing. This wasn't anything like that. This was, this was a big unit. It's like a, I want to say it was like one of those data racks, but it was a, it was a funky one. I'd never seen anything like it. Uh, looked, looked very, very odd. Well, anyway, you know, talked with uh, one of the guys in, in the data management team, and it, it, they, they normally don't care where data goes, but they did some some juggling, and then I don't know, this isn't my department, but basically, like they they packed all the messages in to all but one of the units, right? They they kind of compressed everything, made made it made something about yeah okay so they they use the emergency compression algorithms and stuff yeah yeah something like that they said something about deduplication or something i don't look it's not yeah yeah i don't get it i'm familiar basically we had a whole all the messages sort of packed in we didn't need one of the racks so we took that rack out put this thing in hooked it up um i never i don't know who the client was they were they were dealing with us through a couple of couple of robots, right? Uh, these sort of, you know, the type, the, the faceless, you know, kind of mostly humanoid looking bots that the sort of generic models. These were a little- Right, f- they've got that speaker like at the top of their chest. So it's a little weird where their voice is coming from, that yeah, type. Yeah, yeah. Th- those types. I don't know. These looked a little custom, but I'm not a, ju- who am I to judge? All right. Great. But sure. Gold plated, whatever, whatever. But these, you know, they sort of. At at this point, I'll just kind of like, you know, pull him up to like a a sitting position, like walk him over to a park bench or something. I'm still clamped onto him, but, you know, he's not going to be able to run again. Oh, yeah. No, but I'm not like holding him in any kind of duress or anything. Yeah. The fight has gone out of this guy. Yeah. Um, you know, the, these bots, they kind of helped us with this thing because this whole unit, it needed to be hooked up like one of the data units. And that's what they said. So, so it, got, it needed power while it was in transit? Power and and all that. Yeah, that it had, it was funny thing. It got it hooked up, but they had it connected to uh, a battery system, like this huge rack of batteries. It was kind of a, it was kind of a project getting this thing into you know, load it in without it being noticed and then getting 
the battery stuff out, you know, basically like this thing, they didn't want it to lose power at any point. I don't know. I, I took a look at it. I didn't see anything that looked obviously dangerous. I didn't know what it was, but it, it looked a lot like just, you know, kind of like a, a weird rack of data. Well, got it on there. Nothing blew up. Great. All right. I think I'm covered, but now we got this data rack doesn't have anything on it. Well, it's going to be a problem if anybody finds it. Well, better, you know, get rid of it. And and you kind of know the rest of it. If I'm going to get rid of it, I'm going to get paid for my trouble. Right. So we broke it down, tried to, and, you know, been selling off the the data units, just, you know, people pay for storage and uh, you know, there's plenty of vendors around that we come in and say, Hey, I got a stack of old data units. Here you go. And they're, they pay and, who cares, right? Right. Everybody on the everybody on the shift gets a couple extra bucks. Yeah. Well, Goes and ties one on after well, the shift. Basically, we all kind of day. split them up, sold them off. I don't know. I think Freddie's using uh, some of it for uh, his own personal use. He's got a big old thing under his uh, under his bunk that he's storing uh, storing stuff on himself. You know, he's got a big music collection. I mean, a big music right. collection. Okay. Um. Yeah. Well, everybody needs a hobby, right? Yeah. I just wish his wasn't, okay, you know, so electro jazz. I'm not into electro jazz, but okay. Um, so you guys loaded this weird thing onto the ship, and then that was it? Like, once it was on there, there was nothing else, right? Nobody asked anything about that, and you just sold off this empty data rack and went about your day? Yeah, I guess the only other funky thing is... um. I don't know that I ever saw the uh, the little helper bots get off the ship. Ooh, that answers my next question, not in the way I wanted. Okay. Okay. Um, you've been incredibly helpful. I never saw you. I wasn't here. You never saw me, and I think you're late to your shift. I'll give him like a gentle pat on the back, stand up, and walk away. Right. Yeah. I'll uh, <clears throat> I'll tell my boss I got hit by a car at. Uh... <laughs> feels like i did um <laughs> goodbye and never talk to me again uh, he runs off count on it <laughs> do i know anything I'll, uh, I'll i'll pull up my commute it and like relay all of this to trevor or trevor like look um our situation's just gotten a little more complicated we've got a mysterious thing that needed to be hooked up that looks like uh data storage to this guy and a couple of bots on there I'm wondering if we've got a rogue AI on that ship. That could be bad. Do I know anything that's the right size, but would be tremendously heavier? Grant? Um, Sorry, Space Master? Space Master. Space Master, Grant. Space Master. Yeah. By the way, you know that voice uh, tool I was using during the um, desert game? I'm so frustrated. It automatically updated to version six. Okay. My license is only good for version five. No. <laughs> they don't let you re-download old versions. And you can't roll back like through Windows or something? Nope. And oh, they unfort. want you to pay for the new version. Unfort. Okay. <laughs> I was going to have like cool robot voices, but no. But the cool robot voices. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, the only thing, I mean, that you're... You know what? Ooh. Wait. Do you have? Where's my thing? You've got 
you are an expert on this. I am. Engineering, so, technology, and devices. So let's talk about this move for a second. Okay. Because this is a move that doesn't have a role. And this is one of your uh, background moves. This is actually, this is your signature move. You're an expert on engineering technology and devices. Also medicine, biology, and alien physiology. When you make a move that is covered by one of your fields of expertise, you can choose one of these things. If you make a move that has you choose from a list, choose one more or one less. You can imagine how powerful that is. Intriguing. Uh, You can ask me a question about the situation that relates to your expertise. I will answer and then ask you a question, which you must answer, which is great fun. And then uh, you can share your expertise with a crew member and give them advantage when acting on that knowledge. So in this case, second one, you know what? I think you are sharing expertise. Okay. Because you are uh, consulting your accumulated knowledge on something you're an expert in. So give me a role with calculating. Okay. Just the regular 2d6. 2d6, but add your calculating. Right. 10. 10. Good news. This is our first big success. Um, On a 10 plus, you can ask a question related to the topic. I will give a useful answer or ask you to make up the answer. On a 7 to 9, by the way, I give you an interesting answer, but it's up to you (laughs) to make it useful. Okay. Okay, sure. Um, But you got a 10. So what's your question? Do, Do you know, I think... Do I know anything about? Do do I know what would be the same size as a data rack, but this as much heavier as I have determined the difference in weight is minus the weight of the robots, I guess? You know, minus the weight of the robots is a good part of this. One thing you do know is that the major AI collectives use massively denser storage technology. Likely way more bits they, so to speak they literally weigh more and the amount of data that is that can be stored in them has a actual weight to it electricity actually does have a weight believe it or not oh that um, bothers me on a like a real weird metaphysical level okay oh yeah it's super weird good i hate that that's um, great yeah charged <laughs> batteries weigh ever so slightly more than, than um, dead, but okay fair enough yeah um i think i think that's true no, I love it. Yeah, it electricity is, is heavy, like very slightly on a quantum level. And this is enough to not be on a quantum level. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The, like there's a there's a lot of data involved. You also know that it's a different substrate. Oh, okay. like the like the coding structure or something is different. No, like the the material it's stored on. Oh, is a, oh. Is a different. Yeah, it's not. It's not silicon. It's like some weird quantum yeah, carbon like fiber thing or something. Okay. Something along those lines. It is something that they tend to keep somewhat secret. You're. You are at least theoretically familiar, fringe familiar with it. Okay. You are more than welcome to techno babble at me and tell me what it is. But mm-hmm. there is a techno babble move. But um, you know, whatever that is, it is dense, and yeah, it's uh, that certainly could be a possibility, especially if this is something that looked to the casual observer, casual but maybe a little experienced observer, like another data rack. And came with its own helper droids. Sure. I point this out to Alistair. Or I sh- I share this information with Alistair, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was worried. Dang it. That makes things more complicated for sure. Mm-hmm. So basically, instead of having cargo, we've got stowaways, probably. I'm worried they aren't just stowaways. 
Yeah, I'm right there with you on that. I mean, this is likely their ship. If the now. crew isn't expecting this, they could, yeah, they could t- easily take over the ship. We could be dealing with a hijacking. Oh boy, that's definitely more complex. Okay, so we need to figure out not only like where about you know they kind of deviated from the course standard route, but also what kind of pirate havens, criminal locations rogue space stations that sort of thing is in the or area. ai havens i mean if you want to be redundant sure <laughs> well some of them are legitimate right but the legitimate ones are not going to be where this is going to be going most Let's likely hope not. if uh if we were dealing with a legitimate ai shipment we would be dealing with something that was clearly marked that was part of the original manifest that paid probably not only the normal shipping fee, but also extra insurance. Or may have been like, shipped intentionally. The on nice its own. AIs are very professional. I've worked with them before. Mm. So we should get Trevor and get back to the ship. Yeah. You see me walking up behind that. you guys. Good timing. We have problems. Yeah, well, we're pretty new, sure we're dealing problems. with a stowaway rogue AI on this thing, possibly with its own uh contingent fighting force. <laughs> we can. How about we? Uh, we'll let you guys fill Trevor in on the way back to the ship. How's that sound? That's the smuggling I was expecting. Indeed, yep, you weren't wrong. I would have All preferred right. it was just smugglers. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, a few extra cases of whiskey. You know, some black market music roms. Uh, well, some yeah. of that weird spice from you know Corax Nine or something. That would have all been much better than this. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you're dealing when you're dealing with AIs, this, the uh, smuggling might always look a little different. Yeah, like I said, we've got stowaways at best and probably hijackers at worst. I am in complete concurrence with Shiana here. Mm-hmm. So, what's the next course of action? Probably wrapping the session. It's uh, getting sure, late but here. in in character, where are you headed? Back to I mean, back, back to, to the, the ship. ship. Uh, yeah. All right. Back to the ship. Yeah. So that's where our, we'll zoom out then. And, you know, you guys are headed back to the ship in hot pursuit of what you believe is an AI stowaway aboard the Glacialis hmm. and <sighs> trying to track the Glacialis down. Excellent. So we end the session with a special move, the cliffhanger move. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through everybody's hooks and... Uh, check to see if they applied in this session. Uh, Peter, did you have any of yours that you think applied? Nope. Okay. <laughs> I had I had one scant opportunity that I didn't take. <laughs> right. Same yes. answer. Okay. And then we know one of yours did. So good news. Go ahead and mark XP because that hook applied. So this is a, in addition to the other one. So I have two now. To the one for failing the role, you get one for hey, this came in and changed the story. Great. Now, I would, I would almost say that the uh, obsessed with the mystery, but I don't know if it. I think we'll we'll get there, but the direction yeah. we headed, I'm, we're not there yet. Okay. Yeah, I think um, to I, the exclusion of any danger around me, I yeah, think that did key. not apply. Right. Um, I I'm I'm very much looking forward to it coming up another time. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. Yeah, I mean, but we're that's talking fine. about somebody with three prosthetic limbs here. <laughs> yeah, it's not like I'm it's not, not happened it's before. Clearly, come up a few right. times. Yeah. Now, 
There are some other questions we want to answer as well. And if we answer yes to these, for each of these questions, everybody gets an XP. So did we complete a mission or contract? No. no. Nope, we got one, but we didn't complete it. Did we learn something new and important about the universe? Hopefully, I would yeah. say so. About the universe, interesting. Yeah, yeah our, our we, fiction. Uh, we oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. About the, uh, the way that AIs are shipped around and constructed. Mm -hmm. Yep, and the, you know a lot of the stagecoach ships how that exist, all works. that sort of thing. So yeah, I yep. think everybody mark an XP for that. Okay. okay. Did we make a new enemy or thwart an existing enemy? I might have. Eh, a little bit. <laughs> um, because, you know what, because this is fun, I'm going to say yes. You, you, you've made an enemy of some of these, these guys out here. Uh, your reputation with the company may not be as good as you think, as you want it to be. And finally, was we, there we a... did kind of like mess with the stevedores a lot here. So yeah, I think so. various ways. And in fact, what I'm going to do is drop the disposition of uh, Aram D logical transport down one, just because while you are on perfectly good terms with the company, everybody I... else, or you know, the, the company owner, everybody else is not as much on your side. I've been looking uh, over my shoulder at any barracudas. That's right. Our final question is, was there a big moment that hinged on a crucial role? Uh, Peter not dying. Peter not getting hit by traffic? Yes. Or Al Alistair? <laughs> yeah. Alistair not I being hit by traffic. <laughs> yes. So for that one, yes, I think you guys get an XP for that as well. Now, so good we news, each get them. You each get it. Oh, yes. okay. So I should have three now. You should. Yeah. Okay, yes. sick. And that puts me at five. And it should right. also put Peter so at five, I think. Uh, no, Peter nope, checked four. off. Appears at four. Um, okay. that, yeah, he's he's kept up. So, Ben, good news. You have five XP. So that means that you clear your track and you can take an advance. Now, an advance can be one of a couple of things. You can increase one of your approaches. Okay. You, in any, you can increase each of your approaches once. So your volatile can go from minus one to zero. It cannot go up to a plus one, right? There's a little checkbox right, right. for each one that says, yes, I've upgraded this. So you track that. You can also open up a new gear slot so you can have four items instead of three. Or you can take a new move. Ooh. Yes. So if you look at the list of moves for the infiltrator, it's creation one, right? Or creation two? Uh, creation two is where it is. And I'll, I'll go okay. ahead and pull it up here. The infiltrator, these are the infiltrator moves. So you have hacking and cracking. So you can be a hacker, right? Um, on 10 plus, minimum fuss. Uh, you choose one of, uh, one of the negative side effects. On a seven to nine, it's no cakewalk. Two minimum side effects. Jammer, when you remotely hack or jam someone's equipment or cybernetics, discharge this. And roll with slick. 10 plus, it shorts out. They're going to have to get it fixed. Seven to nine, it, they'll have to take a few minutes to moments to fiddle with it, but they'll get it working in again if they do. But you have temporarily succeeded. Micro drones. So you have a sm suite of small drones, no bigger than a small insect. You get to describe them and they get to do a few little things. Um, lethal strike, when you have your target in your sights and they can't do anything to stop you, discharge this move and describe how you end their existence or incapacitate them. I think I'm going to take float like a butterfly. 
Excellent. When you use your reflexes or agility to avoid danger or deal with a threat, you have advantage to act quick. That's a great move. I love it. Um, there are also, by the way, a bunch of moves that uh, create different uses for grenades. Grenades are just sort of a general item. And you can just say, yeah, instead of like exploding grenades, I have smoke grenades. Or I, I have saw the smoke grenades. That was cool. But yeah. Yeah. I'm just pointing that out as, as a, a general note. So, okay. So you have a, an additional move. So um, all you need to do is just uh, copy it and paste it in and it'll be on, in the character keeper. Yep. There you go. And I, I'll clean up the formatting. Don't worry about that. Um, there's a little formatting quirk with the, the thing. Anyway, so we've done our XP. Next time, we'll get on board uh, the Desmond Doss and head off into space. And we'll see what happens then. And at Ben's All suggestion, right. I am slowly naming NPCs after Patreon backers. Oh, good fun. Uh, that's, a, that's, I think, a very good use for the crew. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. All right. So there we go. That's our first session of Impulse Drive. Those of you who haven't played PBTA, take, uh, PBTA games before, what do you think? I'm getting used to it. I really like it, though. I like it despite myself because this is very counter to how I want to play. Like, I really dislike playing systems that emphasize things going badly. <laughs> and, and that's not at all how I like. I'm very much like I'm I'm your stereotypical min maxer. Like, I want to build the character correctly and it just always do what it's supposed to. So this is sure. very difficult for me. Um, See, but it's sweet. I started in much the same headspace. I live for the fails of gaming. Yeah, yes. I've never been that guy. But this is sick. I love I love that ones more than anything else. <laughs> oh yeah, they're they're good times. And what I like about this is fail. You know, when you fail a role, things happen. The story still moves forward. It's not. And, and I think part of the traditional uh, role playing game structure that contributes to people wanting to play characters that always succeed is that if you fail in a lot of cases, it's just a the harsh plot doesn't move forward. Well, and that's just this harsh down or you just die. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's that. But even then it's a lot of, it's like, and I've missed my attack and I've missed my attack. Right. And I didn't climb the wall. And I missed my attack. Right, well, and my I'll roll again. I didn't pick the lock and I didn't yeah. find the information. And like, yeah, those aren't, you have when to you make it different. Yeah. Yeah, you have to succeed in order to enjoy a story. Do the thing, yeah. Whereas in this case, story happens, we just find out what kind of story. Yeah, I like that the mechanic of the game pushes the positive outcome of a negative. Yes. Whereas the, the traditional is a negative and you have to really attempt to role play the negative into a positive. Right. This is like when, and, when Wizards changes the Mulligan rule in Magic to have there be like less feel-bads. Yeah, to a certain degree, like it there is. are less feel beds to the like. I don't, I don't mind it. I still don't like it, but I definitely don't mind it as much. It's a learn. It is a learned thing, like right. on both ends, right? You've learned to get a certain game a certain way. You have to learn how to break that habit and think about it in a different right. way. And it's it is very different. It is very weird, right? Especially because it is all on you as a player to make things happen. Right. Right. I say that. When there's an opportunity, my job is to jump in and say, all right, so this is also happening. And that includes if you guys are like, well, I don't know what's what to do. It's like, well, let me change the story and tell you what's happening, right? Um, but it is a learned process. So you will get used to it, I promise. It may not be your cup of tea forever, 
right? And that's totally fine. But I want, I did want you to experience it, and I wanted to show it yeah, off yeah, yeah. to our listeners because it is such a different and interesting way to play. Well, it's very much not what we normally do, or certainly not what we normally do for very long. So, right, I'm I'm down I, for it. It's cool. The closest really is something like roll for shoes. Very right. player driven. The GM doesn't roll at any point. It's all right. Tell me, failure doesn't feel abysmal. Failure doesn't feel abysmal, right. and failure also drives story. Right. And giving those kind of XP systems that reemphasize the fact that failure is a learning point mm-hmm. is not only a good life lesson, I suppose, but right. just makes it, again, not feel as bad. In fact, it actively encourages you to, to try fail. things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, because you either succeed or you get some XP, and either one of those is an outcome that's desirable for you as a player. Yeah. I mean, like and that's why Ben thing... has a new thing. Ben failed a roll. Yeah, right. Ben has I mean, a new we thing. We did one yeah. session, and you know, I'm being a, I'm being a little generous with some of the definitions on stuff. Sure, you know, but that's because it's a it's a short little mini short campaign. Run, I want to yeah. show off that I want to show things off. That's totally fine, and there's no reason to be stingy with it. One of the other things I like about this sort of system is if you think about how most people play something like I'm going to say Dungeons and Dragons, but this is true of a lot of games. You are trying to only roll the things you're good at. Yes. Yeah, you, here, you leave the other up to the rest of the party. You're just, you're telling the story. You're doing heroic, not even heroic, but interesting, active things. You are, you're playing that compromised active character. That's part of your agenda. Right. And doing things you are not good at is going to create complications, but also give you XP. Well, and in a lot of science fiction and science fantasy you see that in the story you don't you sure. know not everyone right. in star wars only ever does the thing they do well no and you, even you sometimes the thing of, they do well doesn't work you have right. a lot of second act issues that you skip over in traditional gaming whereas this emphasizes those second act failures as major plot still moving the plot forward and you're still learning and you're still gaining you might not be gaining the way you wanted to, but you are you're still, still gaining something. Right. Yeah. Also, the 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 whatever our rear admiral is, that art is sick. Yes, I love that art. Um, for the that. record, there is a if you mouse over the um, the name, there okay. should be a little pop up, and there's a URL for the original uh, art to credit the yeah, artist with. I did that. It's really cool. How do you how do you make the pop ups? Um, shift F2 or, um, for whatever box you're clicked on. Yeah. It's, uh, you go to insert and note. It's actually used all over the character sheet. Um, if you look at, for example, uh, your, your, the crew tab over the harm, all the, there's descriptions and how to interact with all of them in all the harm columns, things like that. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sick. Okay. Love it. Okay. Um, yeah, I think we, this is a good place to wrap up. Grant, thank you. This is cool. Oh, yeah. This is very cool. This is on now on the list of... I will be honest, we have a list of things now that need to be edited and uploaded, but this is already on the list, so you should hear this shortly, hopefully. Um, and yeah. Uh, and we're thinking, what, at least several sessions of this? I was kind of planning on just a couple, honestly. Two or but... three, maybe four two or three this is a short contract um, right i I have it as a clock of maybe five scenes total right okay this has been but this has been one scene and it went a little longer than i expected but that's okay 
right? It's however it plays out. So yeah, probably at our usual rate of play, two more sessions. So this is kind of like in the Clone Wars, Star Wars Clone Wars cartoon where like things take a two or three episode arc and every season mm-hmm. has like multiple two or three episode arcs. The, the design of it is actually to have like one contract per episode. Right. Oh, now okay, that, okay, gotcha. I think that assumes longer play sessions. Like playing for four or five or six hours at a time. Yeah, four hours, three to four okay. hours. And snappier. Um, more familiar with the system kind of play uh, moments. Yeah, okay. more familiar with the system and also sna- um, shorter scenes. Right? Oh, okay. We've kind of, st- I've, we've stretched this out. And really this has probably been two scenes, right? I, um, You know, talk, oh. getting your contract and then right. this first investigation. I kind of had it listed as one. But you know, I'm I'm learning this whole process myself. Right. Okay. Um, sick. So, but yeah, I've you know I've got a a few things planned out. But again, my notes are just here are about his. This is about as long as I think it will take. Right. And here are some complications you might run into, and we'll see what happens. Okay. Well, um, you guys get to choose. And there, if you if you are listening to this and you haven't listened to the microscope sessions where we did all the world building for this, go check those out. Uh, they were super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we have lots of different things coming. Pathfinder has started. We have this, and we have whatever comes after this, which we haven't discussed yet. Um, there's a list. It's fine. We'll figure something out. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening. Cityonhillgaming.com and uh, all over wherever you get your podcasts and. Uh, is STG, stgcast.org still a place they can go listen to the backlog? I think so, yes. Yeah. I think okay. for a little longer, but it's going to expire relatively soon. Okay. Um, so but it's also is. up on like Apple Podcasts yeah, and yeah, Spotify yeah. and all those I mean, I, I think we, I think we said that we had like six years left of the, the site being up. Yeah, that may not be quite accurate. I need to double check. Domain uh, stuff. Okay. Log back into the old bank account and that kind of stuff so yeah been there um okay so check them out too and uh thanks for listening grant thanks for doing this it was super cool oh yeah um ben and peter thank you guys and uh sure we will talk to you guys later have a blessed day thanks for listening to city on the hill gaming if you'd like to hear more episodes find us online at city on the hill gaming.com or wherever you listen to podcasts you can follow us on twitter at city on the hill game on instagram at city on the hill gaming You can also find us on YouTube or Twitch by searching for City on the Hill Gaming. If you'd like to send us an email, you can find us at cityonthehillgaming at gmail.com. If you want to hear more from the Saving the Game folks, find them at stgcast.org for their backlog of episodes. And we're also on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash cityonthehillgaming. Thanks as always to all of our Patreon backers, Grizzly Rich, JD, Brian, Sir Lord Epic Name, Andrew and Christina, and Tony. Thank you guys for all you do to support the show. We love you, and we appreciate all of your help. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.